Want to learn how to leverage your marketing to get clients on repeat? Charge a fee that leaves you with money in your pocket even after you've finished paying your bills? And finally, stop working with the clients that you've long outgrown? Liberated Business is a transformational program that combines group and one-on-one work so you get the best results possible. This differs from every other program out there because it helps you make money while supporting your joy and liberation throughout your entrepreneurial journey. Liberated Business starts this June and runs through November, and enrollment is open now. Visit thebadtherapist.coach liberatedbusiness to get all of the details and sign up. DM me on Instagram at thebadtherapist with any questions or to learn more. I cannot wait to get started with you. I often see therapists, you know, struggle when choosing whether or not to go with an accountant um, is they just see it as a, a cost. And we like to position ourselves as an investment. You know, we regularly see clients or, you know, new clients who have left thousands of dollars on the table annually. So one thing is that they're, they're waiting too long to talk with an accountant. Um, and I think most accountants, including us, will at least have a, you know, 20 minute consultation where we can just talk about where you're at, what you're hoping to get, you know, from an accounting relationship or you're trying to do with your company. And you can see, you know, if now's a good time or if you need to keep postponing it. Hey there, and welcome to The Bad Therapist Show, the podcast for current and aspiring private practice therapists who want to earn more money, work less, and have a way bigger impact. I'm your host, Felicia, The Bad Therapist, former goody-goody therapist turned six-figure private practice owner and therapist business coach. I'm here to help you learn everything you need to know about private practice and expanding beyond the one-to-one model so you can earn more money and increase your impact as a therapist without burning out or hustling. Using my proven liberated business method, therapists at all stages of business have been able to grow their income while becoming even better therapists. And I'm on a mission to help you do the same. It's time for you to get your time back and enjoy being a therapist again. You ready? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to The Bad Therapist Show. I'm your host, Felicia, The Bad Therapist. Today, we're joined by Eddie Valls, founder of WellnessFi. WellnessFi is an accounting firm specializing in supporting mental health practitioners. Eddie founded WellnessFi five years ago, and in that time, it has grown from a one-man operation serving just a few local clients to a robust team of 15 serving mental health entrepreneurs all over the country. Thank you so much for being here, Eddie. I am really excited to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I would love to begin by just having you introduce yourself to our listeners. Yeah. I always like to talk um, about my quarter-life crisis that um, started off my career in accounting. And the people uh, who I turned to first was uh, a life coach and a a therapist. And it was through working with them that um, we got my ADD under control and helped me identify um, the type of work that I'd like to do, the kind of people and companies that I'd like to work with. And uh, ultimately, it led me to returning um, that favor to therapists and, and life coaches like yourselves um, by you know, providing this accounting service. 
And so, yeah, I've been doing it for, you know, nearly five years and it's been a blast. Yeah. And we're so grateful that you chose us because we really, we really need all the help we can get when it comes to savvy business things. Glad to help. Yeah. I've noticed a theme amongst my guests that so many of the different professionals that have come on who are not therapists, but specialize in supporting therapists, chose therapists to work with because they had their own experiences in therapy and really had their lives change as a result of engaging in therapy and then decided to use their skill set to help us. So it's been really cool to see that again and again. Yeah, absolutely. It it makes the work just so much better um, when you can, you know, look forward to helping the people that you, you know, respect um, and you appreciate. Absolutely. And you were also not where you are conveniently married to a therapist. So there was that other piece of it where what I remember about your story is you started out by helping her with her books. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then that spread to her friends and then to the Austin, Texas community and um, now we're nationwide. Yeah, it's <laughs> and you're you're my favorite accounting firm to refer to. I remember hearing um another one of your team members on a different podcast many years ago. Mm-hmm. And that was how I first heard about WellnessFi. And I decided to hire y'all. And it was such a great decision because I was really struggling with my own accounting. I even had a friend who was an accountant who helped me set up my QuickBooks, but it just was not my strong suit. I couldn't make heads of tails with it. I would go months without doing my books and would just feel so overwhelmed whenever I thought about doing it. And I know that's not that's not true for every therapist. There are a lot of therapists who actually feel really competent doing this. I was not one of those people. And <laughs> I decided that having a master's degree in therapy was good enough. I didn't need to go become like an expert or professional in another area. And I also really, it wasn't just a matter of being able to do it or not. I also wanted to know that an expert was handling this. I wanted to have the peace of mind that someone who really understood accounting and tax law was going to be looking at my business and also help me make strategic decisions along the way based on what was happening in my business. That really allowed me to show up differently in my business and make decisions that I probably wouldn't have otherwise. Please keep going. (laughs) (laughs) this awesome advertisement (laughs) well i mean you do know i'm a huge fan as soon as i got involved with wellness fi it was such a it was such a game changer for me and i think a lot of therapists are you know when we're thinking about hiring different service providers for our businesses we can be really concerned with spending the money it can be hard for us to see how it's going to benefit us. And I think when it comes to accounting, in some cases, there is a really clear return on investment financially. But I I really did it. Well, maybe it's not why I signed up, but the reason why I've stayed is because of the peace of mind that it gives Mm -hmm. me. And that is in a roundabout way, helps me earn more money, right? Because I'm not spending time worried about my finances or if I have a question about business finance, I have someone I can go to. And that allows me to focus more on the things that will actually bring money into my business. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, bookkeeping is simply just organizing the numbers in your business. And for a lot of people, they can quickly pick that up for a lot of therapists and they can handle it themselves using QuickBooks or just a spreadsheet. Um, And it's because of that, like our industry has had to evolve. 
And it's one of the areas that excite me the most, but just like advising clients and navigating them through the complexities of the tax system and the some of the legal um, and financial 101 um, issues that, that come up of being a therapist. Um, and so that's the direction our industry has, has gone, um, which has been fantastic because organizing numbers can be kind of boring and simple. Um, but talking with clients and helping them achieve their, their goals and, um, and again, navigate the complexities of, uh, of the taxes that, that can be quite satisfying for us accountants. Um, that's what we went to school for is to do these kinds of things. Um, and so it's, it's been a, um, a pleasant evolution of the industry. That's really cool to hear because I, I think that's a great example of how industries are always changing. And that's something that's been really fun also about having different professionals come on to the podcast and talk about their work, mm-hmm. which is that I think as therapists, we can get sort of stuck in our ways. You know, we can have an idea of how businesses are supposed to be run. And I think it's always so helpful to hear from business owners and other industries because when we do, we often encounter solutions to problems that we just wouldn't have considered. And so I think it's helpful to hear you talk about, yeah, how the industry of accounting has had to adapt. It's because of things like QuickBooks and because that's easy for a lot of people, not all people like me, but for a lot of people your business had to offer a different type of service and get more into consulting than maybe accounting firms were doing, you know, several years before you mm-hmm. started Wellness Vi. Yeah, absolutely. And so similar with your industry, if you're not getting the, you know, satisfaction from, you know, just seeing clients day in and day out, then you might want to start thinking of other ways that you can you know, other services you might be able to offer them to kind of mix it up or, you know, stay relevant, you know, if, whether it's for financial purposes or for, you know, just career enjoyment. It's important to be creative with our profession. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think a lot of therapists, you know, the therapy industry is evolving as well. I think more and more therapists aren't actually satisfied with just providing therapy. They want to do speaking engagements. They want to write books. They want to lead workshops. They want to parlay their experiences and expertise into coaching offers that extend beyond state borders, They, which in that case means having two separate business entities. They, you know, our industry is changing a lot too in the way clients are looking for and seeking therapy and mental health services and wellness services. All of this is shifting so much. I'm curious also about how Wellness Vi works with those types of therapists, you know, those ambitious therapists who aren't just seeing therapy clients, but are maybe running multiple businesses, one where they're doing traditional therapy and another one where they're, where they are maybe doing those speaking engagements or book writing, things like that. Yeah. So we have many clients that will come up with new avenues um, for providing services. And so they'll want to explore like what the next steps are with us um, and what that might mean for banking or accounting or legal um, or or tax. And so we can give them, we can educate them on what their options are. Um, Ultimately, that's our approach. We want them to make that decision. We can educate them on the costs, the benefits, um, and, you know, just the options. Oftentimes, uh, we're taking more of like a practical approach to these new endeavors because we don't want to go, we don't want to spend too much. We want to, don't want to do 
too much um, just for you know this idea to remain an idea. Um, we don't want to go set up like a business entity if this idea this of a new business service is just going to remain an idea. And so we like to we recommend you know let's let's see some momentum. Let's see you earn that first dollar before we you know go opening up a new bank account or forming a new LLC for this um, idea. So you want to see that their idea has legs. Yeah. And so that's one of the ways that you'll advise people before they just kind of shoot off in another direction. Yeah. But if they want to, then you can help them with that. Yeah. One of the things you were just talking about was helping people understand their options. And that's something I've, again, I really appreciated and gave me a lot of peace of mind was if I had an idea or I wanted to try something out or um, I was wondering if something was a business expense or not. Mm -hmm being able to ask an expert that question. And I never got feedback. I mean, very rarely did I get feedback that was like, this is the right answer and this is the mm -hmm. wrong answer. Because what I've come to understand about tax law is that it's open to interpretation. And people can interpret that in a more conservative or a more uh, liberal way. And what I feel like was really helpful in working with accountants at Wellnessify was that they can help me understand the risks mm -hmm of different things I might do in my business and then allow me to make the decision that feels right for me. That is really helpful. And I feel like at the end of the day, I'm actually becoming more educated about this topic um, in a way that I wouldn't. You know, if I hadn't been working with an accountant and I hadn't gotten that consultation, I don't think I'd be, I wouldn't be as business savvy. I'm actually being educated. And I think that's another thing that that y'all provide is actual education, not that we turn into accountants by virtue of work working with mm -hmm. you, but we really can learn a lot and be able to make better decisions for ourselves and our businesses. Yeah, that was that is a an intentional cultural choice that we've made. When I hire people, I'm looking for people to, you know, discuss the nuance um, with tax issues um, and be able to educate, you know, they have to you know, prove that they can educate me. Um, on those nuances and the options we have. Um, and so it plays out in the, the relationships our advisors um, have with the clients. Um, ultimately, it's, it's you guys who are responsible for what ends up on the tax return. And so we just want you guys to make the you know, right decision for you. I think historically, you will find it's prevalent. It's not just historically. It's, it's historically for me because when I was working for other people, um, we found a lot of just hard lines in how to approach the tax code, and it differed from accountant to accountant. And so it's, it's something that um, ultimately, you know, I've decided that uh, you, guys, you guys have to make the decisions. We'll make recommendations. We'll educate. Yeah, that's been so helpful to me. I want to diverge a little bit and ask you about some of the things that therapists tend to get wrong when it comes to accounting. Like for those people out there who may be not in a place where they're hiring someone yet, but they could use some tips around accounting. Uh, what are the most common mistakes that you see therapists making that would be, you know, maybe some of them are even not so hard to solve? So your choice with accounting like begins as soon as you start your business and start spending money for that business. I'm not saying that you are have, making a choice to like hire an accountant right then, but there's a lot of things that come into play when you start a business. And um, one of those is whether or not to open up a bank account for your business. 
And I say that because um, if you do start a business, you're going to have to file taxes for it. And if it's commingled, if it's um, interlaced with your personal life, your personal spending, you're going to have to pull those numbers out at tax time. And it could be really stressful for someone, um, especially if it's a year's worth of spending, of personal spending with some business sprinkled in. It can take up a weekend of work. And so what is easier is just to open up another checking account at your bank and just dedicate it to your business. Um, that will just separate things out and really um, help you out come tax time and just organizing your business life. Um, it'll just be this silo of activity for you. Your future self will thank yeah. you. I'm remembering my mom growing up who had who has had her own business my entire life, just having like shoe boxes yeah. <laughs> full of receipts. And as, as she approached the tax season, it would just be like, oh no, now I have to go through literally hundreds of receipts. And that wasn't a great approach. Yeah. And so, you know, save yourself some trouble from the very beginning, create a separate business account or create a separate account for your business. That's just going to make things a lot easier and be diligent about it. You know, it's not so hard once you get into the habit of it to use one debit card or credit card rather than another. And it's going to make things so much easier when it comes tax time. And this is regardless of the type of business entity that you have. Now, if you have a corporation, you're you may go and get an actual business account, but mm -hmm. even if you have a sole proprietorship, you would still want to have a separate account, even if it's not an official business account at a bank. You would still want to keep those funds separately. Is that right, Eddie? Yeah. Yeah. The account doesn't have to have your business name on it necessarily. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be hard. I like Profit First. I, I've talked about it, I think, just a little bit on the show so far, but I really love that model. And that model involves having multiple bank accounts, which can make things a little bit trickier. So for those of you who are pursuing a Profit First style model for your business accounting, just always look for a bank that has um, no fees and no minimum balance requirements. That's what you're going to want if you want to use that type of model. And I would look for that regardless. I mean, if they exist, so why get a, an account that has a fee attached to it when you can get an account that doesn't? So and why get one that has a minimum balance requirement when you can get one that doesn't? So look for those. Yeah. And I have a recommendation for a bank. Now, I don't know if you can open one up if you are lacking a LLC, but Relay Phi, like a relay race, and Phi F I, um, short for financial. Um, relay Phi, they offer free bank accounts, and you are able to open multiple related accounts, checking accounts or a savings account to that account. So it's like perfect for profit first. In fact, I think they've incorporated some technology to do automatic, like percentage transfers, which is oh, I love that aligned with the Profit First system. That's a really great resource. We'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. Yeah. So that's RelayFi. RelayFi. Awesome. Yeah. And it works very well with accountants. Yeah. So yeah, that's my recommendation. Well, while we're on the topic of bank accounts that we love, I also really like well, uh, Wealthfront mm -hmm. uh, because they have a really high yield cash account. And so you know, if you're using that for your personal finance, that wouldn't really make sense necessarily for the money in your business. 
Um, but for my personal emergency fund, that's where I like to keep that money because it has a much higher yield. It has the highest yield that I've seen so far for you know cash accounts, checking accounts. I think like right now it's over 5%, which is pretty incredible. That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it's free. So that's another cool thing. We'll link to that in the show notes as well. But yeah, what's another thing that some therapists tend to get wrong when it comes to accounting? Yeah. So another area um, that I often see therapists, you know, struggle when choosing whether or not to go with an accountant um, is they just see it as a, a cost. And we like to position ourselves as an investment. Um, you know, we regularly see clients or, you know, new clients who have left thousands of dollars on the table annually. Um, so one thing is that they're, they're waiting too long to talk with an accountant. Um, and I think most accountants, including us, will at, at least have a, you know, 20-minute consultation where we can just talk about where you're at, what you're hoping to get, you know, from an accounting relationship or you're trying to do with your company. And you can see, you know, if now's a good time or if you need to keep postponing it. Yeah, that's a great point. Like starting to take a step down this path doesn't commit you necessarily to hiring an accountant. There are a lot of firms out there where you can have a consultation uh, without that meeting. You're now you're now obligated to be on contract with them for a year. You may just be able to have a conversation with them. And I really advise that to any therapist who is starting their business. When I was first starting mine, I reached out to a friend of my mom's, actually, who is like a really successful business owner in Bakersfield and someone who not only is he a successful business owner, but I really respect how he runs his business, like ethically, morally, like I I really look up to him. So I reached out to him and was like, okay, I'm starting a business. Like what are like the technical things that I need to do? And he referred me to a lawyer. And then that lawyer was like, well, actually you also need to speak to an accountant. And those are kind of like the two professionals when you're starting your business that can advise you around the type of business entity that you're going to need to have. And a, a tax accountant also has something to say about what business type entity you should have. And a lot of times you can consult with somebody for no money or very little money at the initial stages just to see how to start. So a lot of accountants offer these services. Uh, They're not necessarily going to help you set up your business for free, but they can give you some things to think about and they'll help you understand and walk you through, is this the right time to employ and, and start paying for accounting services or not? Yeah, well said. We are a resource for you, um, you know, whether or not you're a client. So yeah, feel free to reach out. Awesome. So something that we were talking about before we started recording is just how much your business has changed over the last handful of years. Like it has really, really grown. And you've had to grow as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. You started this out as I mean, not a passion project. Obviously, you started it out as a business, but it was very like near and dear to your heart. And it was something that you had such a personal connection with. And it seemed like it was a pretty natural evolution. And I would say that that is quite a different thing than running a business that has 15 employees and is serving clients all over the country. You know, that's a very different type of business. And so I'm curious about what you've had to grapple with as you've grown your business, um, how you've kept the soul of the business alive as you've grown it, as you're hiring other people who don't, you know, didn't have the experience you had of being a person 
who was in therapy and then was like, oh, I'm an accountant. So I'm going to bring these two things together because I'm really passionate about it. Like, you know, they have, they may be coming here because it's a job. So how have you grappled with growing your team? How do you keep the ethos of Wellness Fi alive as it grows? Good question. So yeah, it's evolved and I've had to make intentional changes through each year, um, semi-annual changes um, throughout, just regular changes. And I think one of the biggest things that I did for myself was just trust and help, trust and teammates. And that's something that I brought with me into the formation of this business. I knew that there are certain things in this business that I was creating that I'm not, I've done before and I don't want to do again. And so I immediately hired as soon as the money was available. Instead of keeping that as a profit for myself, I hired someone. That allowed me to free myself to do more of the things that I wanted to do. And so that would be a theme throughout the next four years is forego some profit to hire you know, the help. And that would be for within the business um, and also personally. So, you know, having a business, sometimes it can, I don't know, it can get really busy, especially like a growing business. Um, you can bite off more than you can chew, um, both business and, and within your personal life. And so um, I made a choice. Uh, my, my wife and I made a choice to, all right, we're going to hire a, uh, someone to cut the grass, something that I've been doing my you know, whole life or, you know, hiring someone to, to clean the house. Um, so that I had more time, you know, for, to spend with my child or spend, you know, with my wife, because the, the way it, it had become was that I was working, you know, 50 hours a week. And then my chores, um, you know, would take up you know, the rest of the weekend. And so at that time I made the choice to you know, hire for those things. Um, and now, now um, I've freed up myself business-wise. Um, you know, I'm supported by enough people um, to where I have enough time to take those things back up. So now I'm doing a lot more cleaning. You're back mowing that lawn Back again. mowing that lawn. <laughs> um, these are actually things I enjoy doing. It's kind of meditative for me. I love that. That's such a great example of how making really wise decisions in your business and in your personal life allow you to live the life that you want. Uh, to your point, I think a lot of therapists are nervous about hiring people to help them. Another thing that we sometimes feel is guilty for hiring people to do the things we don't want to do. Like even if that person has started and created a business where they provide that service, we sometimes still feel bad about giving them that thing because we don't want to do it. So we kind of assume that they don't. And mm -hmm. it's like, well, this person made a business doing this. So can, let's trust them that they at least are like, that makes sense for them. Mm -hmm. um, but how this, this has allowed you to be in your family in the way that you want to be. And I'm curious, did it ever feel, was it ever hard to do that? I mean, how, how easy was it for you to, to take that profit and reinvest it in hiring people did that feel easy to do? Did you have to have a talk with yourself to kind of work up the courage to do it? Yeah. How did you, how did you move through that? So prior to WellnessFi, I was searching for entrepreneurship. I mean, ultimately a, a business and I was just hungry for entrepreneurial education. 
I spent countless hours <laughs> learning about these things. And one of the biggest pieces of advice that I, I, I kept coming across was like, you need to, you need to hire people, you know, as soon as possible, or you're going to get stuck doing these things that feel like chores. So that was one of the pieces that you kept encountering again mm -hmm. was hire people to do these things that you actually don't want to do, or maybe they have, they're actually even better at it than you are. Uh, or maybe, yeah, you just you just don't want to do it. Yeah, and a couple ways to frame it is: what are the higher level work or higher level higher level tasks that I should be doing? What are the tasks that I really enjoy doing? And even evaluating that is like, all right, which which of these tasks do I enjoy doing that are high level work? Which ones are low level work that I might have to let go of? I've had many clients come in who have been doing their accounting for a long time. They enjoy it. It's meditative to them, but they just get to a point where it's like, all right, I need to free up more time so like I can, you know, work on the marketing or something. And so, yeah, it's evaluating your your workload, kind of categorizing it and and see it, seeing like what could be delegated. Mm-hmm. I really like The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Have you heard of it? No? Well, he talks a lot about what, what you're bringing up, which is finding your zone of genius, which are the things that you feel really alive when you're doing them. You feel like they're maybe they're a bit of a stretch, mm -hmm. but you can sometimes get into a flow state and that the best use of your time is really doing that. I maybe have a slightly different perspective because I do think there are times when when for better or worse, we do need to kind of hunker down. And I do think that building a business comes with challenges and, and uh, it's not, you know, we can't just bubble bath our way through building a business. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I do think he makes a really good point about being very thoughtful about what you, where you really shine and then spending more of your time on that. And just because you can do something in your business doesn't actually mean you should be doing something. When it comes to marketing, you know, I think a lot of therapists, you know, we can kind of get our, put our heads down and do a bunch of tasks almost to avoid marketing because that's where, that may be a big place where we need to focus. That may be a challenge for us and a place where we're going to need to devote some time and energy to learning and growing. But I'd rather like keep on just doing my accounting yeah. and not focus on the marketing. It's like, well, you're kind of avoiding something by that. And maybe it's time for you to grow yourself as an entrepreneur and grow your business through letting somebody else do that task who maybe could do it better, faster, hopefully save you some money in the long run. And then you can spend your time either doing the things you love and are really great at and generate revenue for your business or kind of building your skill set as an entrepreneur in the areas where you might be lacking. Yeah, well put, well put. And another book to go along with that is E-Myth. It's the entrepreneurial myth. And yeah, it's just gives you kind of like a formula for or a structure on how to evaluate these things. It's a classic book. I'll make sure to link to that as well in the show notes. That's really great. Yeah. Rachel Rogers, whose book came out in the last few years, We Should All Be Millionaires, talks about broke-ass decisions. Mm -hmm. And I think the other one is, is it millionaire decisions? But she really talks about leveraging your resources, whether that's time or money, and really thinking about okay, how can you bring in more revenue to your business? Because it may, it's probably not going to be through doing your own accounting, right? And she talks a lot about how a lot of women in particular 
think about wealth or think about the way to accrue wealth through cutting costs. And really, that can only get you so far because in order to accrue wealth, you actually need to be focused on generating revenue. Mm -hmm. Cutting costs will not grow your wealth. It will save you a certain amount of money, but no amount of cutting costs will actually grow your wealth. And so that's really, really important. And it sounds like in your business as, as the founder and owner and entrepreneur, you've really focused on how can I hire people so that we can actually grow our revenue. Yeah, absolutely. Cost cutting is a good practice to do. I mean, every business should evaluate what they're spending on with some regularity. Um, 100%. Yeah, I just finished doing that and probably cut off like a thousand bucks a month, which is fantastic. But yeah, it's spending time thinking about how can we bring in more revenue and it's often investing in people to help you grow the business. So we're, we've been talking a little bit about designing your life, designing your business, and you gave some examples earlier of how you made some changes in your business, and you also made some changes in your personal life to free up time to spend with your family. And as the business grows and changes and you start getting even more clients, how are you thinking about designing your life as the founder and owner and operator of like a medium-sized business at this point. Yeah, I honestly spend a lot of time thinking about that. And I'm kind of at a mm, fork in the road, I guess you could say. And I'm not sure which direction I want to take this. Um, I could just go, you know, 120% and try and grow this business as much as I want. Um, I could um, just keep things simple and consistent, you know, just a consistent level of growth. I work a, a consistent amount of, um, you know, reasonable hours. Um, or, or I could maybe just sell the whole thing <laughs> and walk away. And so I'm trying to figure that out. And uh, you know, talking through it with with my wife, and um, just taking time off to you know reflect. But yeah, I've, I've had many moments like this of like, what do I want to do? Um, and, and and ultimately, I make a decision and um, and build a plan around how to get there. I've brought in coaches to kind of help me get to point A to B. Um, and that's worked really well. Um, actually, we actually just offered a CFO service to our clients um, to help them do just that. Really worth it. But yeah, it's as someone with ADD, I, I get kind of restless. And so I, I'm often just coming up with ideas of what, how I should be spending my time. Right. It's very easy to be looking at, okay, well, what's the next mm-hmm. thing? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's helpful to hear because I think a lot of therapists kind of just imagine that they'll keep on doing what they're doing forever. And I love hearing that, you know, as a business owner, you have flexibility. Uh, Just because you start a business doesn't mean you have to have it forever. There may be a point in time where you actually decide to sell it. There may be a point in time where uh, you really want to grow it and you're going to invest a lot of time and energy and resources into growing the business. And then there may be other times where you're just going to let it ride and maintain it because you have maybe your priorities and attention are elsewhere. Also, I'm thinking about how it's going to be different for every person. It's not like inherently better 
to grow a business as big as it could possibly be. It's That's not inherently better than just maintaining it. It really depends on who you are, what kind of life you want to live. And they're both totally great decisions. So, well, actually, I'm curious, how do you feel like the coaches you've worked with in the past have kind of helped you move through those decisions and evaluate, okay, given who I am and what I want, like, what should I be doing at this point in time? Well, it's so often that I come to the, just thinking about the last two examples, um, I've come to the coach with like a decision made and they've just kind of gotten me to point, I mean, to, to point me from there. Um, it's just been a lot of like self-reflection and like analyzing of like what kind of life I want. Like, and I've done this every year for the past four, four and a half years of just kind of reflecting how do I want the next year to look like, um, or next five years to look like. And since I have ADD, it always changes, you know, in the next year, which is my style. But yeah, I, I like starting with what do I want my life to look like? And then I try to, th- the, the business part is part of my life. So I'm talking about, all right, I just want to work, you know, 30 hours, you know, for the next month. I mean, next, uh, next year. Um, and I want to, you know, be able to go on six weeks of vacation. Um, I will work backwards and figure out how, how to, to get there with my coach. That's typically how it pays, plays out. Yeah. I love that. I think a lot of therapists don't feel permission to ask themselves that question you know, and that's definitely something I encourage my clients to do is what is the life you want? And then how do we craft a business that's aligned with that? Because a lot of therapists come into the field with really strong good therapist conditioning mm-hmm. and they have a really uh, rigid idea of what it means to be a good therapist. And that may conflict with what they actually desire in the rest of their life completely, but they don't feel like they could change it because then they would be a bad therapist. I mean, this is the whole reason why I call myself a bad therapist (laughs) to kind of kick dirt in the face of that concept. But yeah, I love hearing that that's that's how you start with your business. You start with what kind of life do I want to live and how can I craft a business that allows me to achieve those things that I want? Has it always been that way or did was that something you had to learn how to come to? Yeah, it was either the life coach or the the therapist um, early on in my career who directed me towards this way of thinking. I mean, first we had to identify like what gives me enthusiasm? What are these things? And can we do this on a daily basis? Um, So just exploring those things, a lot of trial and error, eight years of it. And then just through through all of that, just finding like, all right, what, what does... Uh, ideal day in the life look like for me. Um, and, uh, you know, testing that to see if that's the reality. It strikes me that things keep on changing too. You know, that's, it's, it's not as if we can take uh, an inventory of our desires and then be like, okay, done, good on that forever because things are always changing. Mm-hmm. I think that's an, something else that feels really important to say in this conversation as therapists are building their practices and they're making decisions about how many clients they're going to see or what they're going to charge or when they're going to be available, all the different aspects of their business that that will change over time. And that's not a bad thing. It doesn't even mean that you you chose wrong initially or even that you were missing something. It's mm-hmm. just that 
who you are as a person changes and your desires change. I think when I came into the field, I was coming into it from a place of not really having been connecting with my desires much of the time. I was coming into it from a perspective of I just want to help people and I'm not even I'm not even asking myself what I want a lot of the time. And so as I realized that that's what was going on and I began to ask myself what I wanted, it's sort of like that voice hadn't been heard. It hadn't been invited into a conversation so long that initially it was kind of like, well, I would like maybe I just like to go to a ceramics class. And then when I was like, okay, we can make that happen for you. <laughs> it was like, oh, I can have that. Okay. Well, I would also kind of like this other thing too. And then it's like, yeah, we can do that, honey. We can get that for you. And then it was like, oh, I actually, I want things. I want experiences. Mm-hmm. I want a beautiful, comfortable life. But for so long, it was just like, we can't have that. Mm-hmm. It's There's no point in wanting it. I'm not, even if you do, I'm not interested in what you have to say. I mean, I can't even begin to figure out how to get that for you. So like, just shut up, you know, yeah. that was kind of how it was. And so it took like my desires kind of were spilling out as I started to pay attention to them. So I want to normalize that for therapists who might be listening and maybe are coming from a place of, I haven't I haven't been paying attention to my desires. I don't even what I don't even know what I want. It's like, yeah, you, it's in there. I promise you, you want things. <laughs> just ha- just have a conversation. Yeah, yeah. Like once you start, just kind of brainstorming of you know what what you'd want your life to be, the things that you want from it. It's like it's like a a, a snowball. It's just going to keep building and building. Just more ideas, more ideas, more ideas. Yeah. When we enter the workforce, like we have no idea of like what's possible for our, you know, our, our career. Um, it's kind of prescribed our options. Um, but the more that we can explore, the more, you know, opportunities that will reveal themselves to us, um, the more ways we could shape our, our work life and our life. It's really worth exploring, um, and, and seeing just like how people have, um, set up their practices to appeal to their, their, their wants, their needs. Um, for most people, you know, the 40 hour work week just doesn't, doesn't work for them. You know, the nine to five, um, we've already taken a step by deciding to become entrepreneurs and that just becoming an entrepreneur is going to open just so many doors and, and flexibility for yourself. That is worth, it's worth taking another step of just seeing like, what else is out there? Putting on your creative hat, doing some brainstorming, um, and seeing what's possible. Yeah, asking yourself, how good could this possibly get? Mm-hmm. I like to say to people, don't build the practice you think you can get away with. Build the practice you want. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and to bring it back down to rea- reality is create this dream for yourself, but you're going to have this reality moment of like, well, there's a big gap between here and there, um, and you're going to have to figure out how to bridge that gap. And so, um, you know, maybe finding a, a coach or something for that could could be a great way to do that. Um, or talking to friends, peers. Um, the thing about that is peers, they're sometimes not the best to, um, they're not great for brainstorming. <laughs> Stay away from people stuck in their own good therapist conditioning. Yeah. If you're going to go get talk to peers, <laughs> come hang out in like healing money or liberated business. There you go. Or something like that. Because, yeah, I agree. It's not that like, I mean, 
obviously talk to your friends, but be thoughtful about who you are letting advise you because if, if you're talking to somebody who um, is still really steeped in shame around money, who still really feels like uh, desires are bad, uh, is operating from a place of like guilt and shame rather than like freedom, then they're probably not the best person to be advising you on your business. Uh, that's going to muddy the waters. So it it is sometimes the case that therapists literally don't know anyone who would fall into the category of, you know, the sort of person that they probably should be talking to. And so then it becomes a matter of like looking outside of your immediate community to seeing who else is out there. And I mean, you are listening, listener, you are listening to this podcast right now. So you're already connected to, uh, to me, to a group of people who are doing this kind of work. And there are ways for you to get involved even more, like I said, with healing money or liberated business. Uh, because your your community, if you're an entrepreneurial therapist, your community is in fact out there. They just may they may not be in your immediate uh, surrounding, so you may have to go looking elsewhere. And what I've found as as I've been working with people, my clients is they go out into the world and they're talking to their colleagues and their supervisors. And I have heard over and over again that the people that are in their communities are starting to make changes too. And so this is kind of like infectious in a good way. We're kind of going out into the world and spreading the gospel of uh, getting rid of our good therapist conditioning and dismantling that so we can actually have businesses that support us because that that should be the standard. And I really do believe that when we create those sorts of businesses, our impact grows. I've talked to so many different business owners who have had an incredible impact and would not have had that impact if they were still caught in trying to make everybody else happy first. When they put themselves first, when they can create the sort of businesses that allow them to be great family members, great community members, take care of their own needs, then their ability to have an impact grows even more. Well said. Well said. All right. So Eddie, thank you so much for being a guest on The Bad Therapist Show. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for pulling back the curtain on some of your own entrepreneurial journey. It's so helpful for us to hear from other business owners in different industries. And I know so much of what you said, pretty much all of it, applies to therapists in private practice. So thank you so much for your generosity and sharing that with us. It was a pleasure being here. Thank you. And if folks want to learn more about working with WellnessFi, and your services, what should they do? I know uh, before we started recording, you also let me know about a special gift that you want to offer to listeners of The Bad Therapist Show. Yeah, absolutely. So you can go to wellnessfi.com. That's wellnessfi.com. And all over that website, there are opportunities to sign up for a consult. Um, It's free 20-minute, no-pressure consult. We're there to educate you and answer your questions. Um, yeah, do that and mention that uh, you heard about us from uh, Felicia's podcast. And if you do that, um, we'll give you a 50% off bookkeeping catch-up, which is good for this year. Amazing. Yeah, that was so helpful for me. That's how I got started with Wellness Fi. I came there with my books and was like, help, I don't know what I'm doing. And then you cleaned them up, you made them make sense. And it was, I, I've haven't looked back since. Excellent. Excellent. Glad to hear it. Thank you so much for tuning in today and listening to my conversation with Eddie. He was so generous in sharing behind the scenes of his own entrepreneurial journey. 
I hope this episode will help you avoid some common pitfalls when it comes to private practice finance and create a practice built around the kind of life you desire. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave a review and a five-star rating if you found this helpful. Make sure to come say hi to me on Instagram at The Bad Therapist. I'll see you next week. That's all today for The Bad Therapist Show. Thanks so much for hanging with me. I hope you got some gems that you can start using right away in your own business so that you can break out of good therapist conditioning and build the business that you want. If you've gotten something out of this episode, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with one of your good therapist friends who really needs to hear it. And while you're at it, please consider leaving a rating and or review so that we can change not just our individual businesses, but transform the mental health system that got us here in the first place. Thank you so much. I'll see you next week for more private practice and coaching tips. Remember, bad therapists make the best therapists.